Gals and envy pals, comrades, the proletariat, friends, fellow conscious beings, even though you didn't ask to be. I'm Dragor. And I'm Pepper Coyote. You're listening to Last Minute Politics, and our show cadence has been a little weird because uh, despite the pandemic still technically being ongoing, we are starting to do some convention things again. And by all counts, if you are careful and stay masked and don't do room parties just like pre-omicron you can go to a convention you still are assuming risk and you might get it but if you're vaccinated you're also very likely going to be okay huzzah we're recording on a tuesday unless it's the, the cons that happened uh, a week and a half ago in which everyone got covid <laughs> it's not that which everyone got COVID is like the, the I don't know, the phrase that threw, flew around for a couple of days. And then it's like, people are like, well, I mean, are 20 cases out of an event of thousands? Is that everyone? No. It's just a whole lot of like, I guess, high profile people. A lot of big Twitter people were. I'm, I'm going to oh, use got, the name to call it out because I'm very, very proud and happy that people are announcing on Twitter, especially among our furry community, where events are happening, where states aren't necessarily doing contract uh, con blah, 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 contact tracing I mean, no states so uncle kage did fe and started feeling sick and blipped positive for covid and if you follow what he did or if you you know i ran into him at cons last year and it for the most part was we were masked at all times didn't really go to crazy room parties like if i did stuff in a room with people either i was masked or the people I was in the room with were in the COVID bubble already. You do, people do drop masks more around bars, which Kage did and others did. That was the, probably the vector at the bar. What does this mean for First Squared coming up? I'm doing like I did at a room party I went to an MFF where I was one of three masked people and I, took, I held my breath and took my drinks between holding my breath and pulling the mask down. And I still had a fine time at a party. If that's the sacrifice I have to make to not get COVID and still do furry stuff, okay. This, I think this, it, it continues to illustrate how, this is not just me being a fucking Debbie Downer over here, because I don't think everyone should just stop doing everything. Now, you know, depending on who you are and your particular level of risk and other factors, I'm still obviously going to things. But it does show more and more clearly like we are the most vaccinated group of pe furries i mean like a very a highly vaccinated group of people within a one of the most highly vaccinated countries u.s slash canada depending on which of the cons you're talking about and we had at least at, at fernal equinox up in toronto we had basically universal mask usage the highest percentage of mask usage i have ever seen at a convention i took one like little selfie in a crowd not for the intent of being like look at all these masks i just did it because i wanted to selfie for to, to do it and then i go back and look like well here's like a sample size of main events uh, it's like as full as it got and capacity was reduced and if you look at the picture be like oh people are sitting close together i'm like well the low angle actually makes it look the chairs were <laughs> spaced out like <laughs> the chairs are more spaced out than they even appear in this photo uh and I think every single human in that uh, photo had a mask on. Like, I don't think there's, even if you look way in the back, looking for people. And still, 
a good couple dozen cases came out of frontal equinox like this myth that you only get covid if you're bad and like if you're dumb and don't do the things you're supposed to do and i even saw people going like well you see they didn't mask enough <laughs> and it's like come on man where does this shit end at what point does it stop becoming like the furry's fault and maybe like the governments who continue to refuse to follow effective uh, procedures to stop covid those effective procedures being targeted lockdowns in areas of high spread uh, like those, we are still dealing with the consequences of that. And it seems more clear than ever that that is really the only way to, to guarantee that you will not have a, a bunch of COVID is to lock down. I'm going to, I'm going to make this, uh, I'm going to call it hilariously personal due to what I have seen here in Chicago. And in, in, in year the third of a pandemic that has killed, we crossed a million American deaths, right? Oh, a while ago. Yeah. So, killed that many people. Only now, in the third year after the mask mandates have dropped, is every venue that I go into giving out masks for free. Oh, I'm sorry. We're still at 970,000 deaths. We have not crossed a million. So, we can give out masks after the fact when it doesn't... Like, it still matters, and I'm glad people are doing it, but why? Why now? Why not all along? We've known since the beginning. Masks are the trick. It's not even a trick. We, we did science. Science happened multiple times before you or I were born, Pepper, that said, hey, if, if you don't <laughs> want negative shit in your lungs or you don't want negative shit that's already in your lungs to go into other people's lungs, there's a mask. And we've got better levels of them for different sizes of shit. Wear them. Stop spreading shit. You have a convention where everyone who went had to uh, offer proof that they were vaccinated and any American coming in, and a lot of people who got COVID were Americans, had to provide a negative, or any international person, had to provide uh, proof that they were negative like the day before. And there was still a notable market increase in, like, this was the one con that for some reason a whole bunch of people got COVID. Like, there's been so, a ton and ton of cons where you'd hear either, like, one or even zero cases. And I don't know, maybe it's people not talking about it. Well, but, yeah, it, oh, make no mistake, Pepper, sure every con we went to things. last year pre-Omicron still had case positivity. There it was just wasn't more than talked zero. about the same. I just, it, and the, I'm not, you, you shouldn't follow like the, the line of think I'm going here to, to be, oh, stop wearing masks. No. Because obviously that would be worse. <laughs> it's just, I think we overstate the effectiveness of them when it comes to, on a community uh, basis, not spreading the COVID. Because well, the way you don't get COVID at furry cons is you have to have all We the- got to dig into this because it's not just wear a mask. We knew that since before the pandemic, and it only has come out even more so. Well, I'm, I'm using masks. a bit of shorthand here. I'm not going to like do the whole list of the basic COVID shit. No, you but I'm saying we're still under a lot of people still getting COVID are victims due to misinformation and capitalism going fuck you because there's still people that wear cloth masks that we know are nowhere near as effective. We know factually when you get up to that 60 minute marker, those surgical masks don't really work. The N95s or KN95s, like if everyone had those in whatever supply they needed since the beginning, 
Without there would doing still lockdowns, be COVID it would have been You would still have different. had COVID spread at Effie. You would still, like, I think that looking at the uh, the amount of precautions surrounding, I, it's Effie because that's the one that I went to, so I know more about, like, what they were doing at that particular thing. If you look at the amount of precautions going around that and you're like, ah, see where you fucked up was if everyone was simply wearing N95s, it's like, okay, then let's go to that alternate history. We all we all were wearing N95s. Oh, they were still spread. Oh, well, you see, you didn't wear them properly. Okay, so we did all wear them properly. Okay, so you see, okay. it was like I, this, I like, understand infinite, where like, your frustration comes from. This is a very from. American. It is our fault whether or not we get COVID. I'm not placing blame. I'm saying FE and the world are still victims of massive capitalist-based misinformation that has kept a lot of people from being as safe as they could be or would like to be. This this gets back to informed consent. If someone is at FE going, oh, yeah, I'm going to mask, I'm going to be safe, and they're just wearing a surgical mask... Are they bad for not wearing an N95? No. Is the chance that they don't fully understand the sheer difference in effectiveness and maybe availability of said mask has more to do with it? Probably. So, like, yeah, we could have a a 1,300-person convention, and, yeah, there was, what, like, 30 cases? It could have been five. That'd be pretty great. You can't stop people unmasking and going to room parties and screwing. So, like, and that's the other part of it, too. It's the selection of there are certain behavior things which, Pepper, you and I openly talk about regularly. We're still not going to room parties, and maybe we aren't assuming as much risk hanging out at a, at a bar as other people. At least I, I'm, not planning, I'm not planning on doing much of anything at First Squared. From a technical note of that's the two to three weeks after a lot of people had spring break. So if you uh, think about previous deltas, uh, be careful at first squared, please. I've been trying to spend a significant amount of my uh, time outside if I'm doing any kind of group activity, which is going to get easier as it gets a little warmer. FE luckily had very nice weather, so it was a lot of like, let's all stand on the balcony and do whatever we were going to do in this room party. Yeah, I'm hoping first squared is nice weather where I just need a hoodie or something and it's just hanging out outside. Fucking, this isn't throw, to throw anybody under the bus, just to to illustrate, I guess, the overall point I'm making that, or the point I want to make, of not, it's not that it's purely random who does and doesn't get infect, infected, but we know Kage ha, uh, got COVID, and this isn't me saying, he said it on Twitter, they, uh, fucking, I know people who drank off of Kage's glass Sunday night, and, no COVID. Yeah, <laughs> it's right? It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Nonsense. but alcohol, well, he drinks wine, so it's not whiskey. It's not as strong as a disinfectant. It's, it's low-proof shit. Why are they sharing <laughs> glasses? I don't know. Ask the people involved. If Kage was sharing a glass, even as a tee-hee-ha-ha joke during a pandemic, what a fucking oh. idiot. Well, it wasn't a, it's fucking close personal friends at the thing, and like I have definitely passed a, uh, passed a pipe, a crack pipe. I smoke crack, everyone. I want you all to know about my crack smoking. I support everyone's right to smoke crack. You, you I passed a crack pipe my between crack. people. Exactly. But it's, you know, trying to keep it to people I personally know, but like just because I know them personally doesn't mean they're any less risk. The, the actual like answer to this it has absolutely nothing to do with, uh, well, not nothing to do with us, but... The reason that there is spread is because all of us are coming from various communities that are all at what scientists call, like, high or significant spread areas. And then you're in, like, not... The hotel was indeed not only open to furries, and uh, most of the hotel employees were indeed not furries. So 
then you include getting to the airport, public transit, going to Tim Hortons across the street. Like at any point, you every time you do anything, you, by you're the act of being at a convention, dice. you are assuming disproportionately more risk than I do getting on the CTA in Chicago. And it sure would be nice if all of our independent communities, or all of our individual like places we live, would note, "Hey, we are at high, significant, whatever you want to call it, levels of COVID spread. Here are the lockdown measures we must." Okay, we're we're below that. Neat. You all can. And the fucked up part is this would also include if you're from a town that has high, significant, whatever level of spread, you might not be able to leave, which sounds barbaric, but also is how you can provably reduce COVID. And I feel like an asshole still saying this when we're like two years past that ever even being a possibility in this right? country. Like we God. did our phony lockdowns once and the solution remains the same. And the fact that nobody even wants to like think about it or look at it. Remember like us, like there were a couple towns in California who were like, they're just not letting anybody in or out. And everyone's like, what the hell? is going on? <laughs> And then it's like, oh, what countries don't have any, not any COVID, but who has the least COVID? Oh, the very few number of countries who, who do institute targeted lockdowns it's not lock down your whole fucking country because there's one case of covid it's oh your town has no covid you're fine oh your town has high significant like whatever percentage it is as dictated by uh not just like the governor <laughs> you know like so, an, an epidemiologist perhaps i think these guidelines already <laughs> exist <laughs> uh so we've talked about the i'm i'm just gonna hard jump into a thing i want to get to because it's vaguely hey, relevant well. is uh we talked about Capitalism is the reason we have a million, more than a million dead people, primarily, because, you know, heaven forbid, they make less money. Uh, I was on Amazon, and I saw that this, this ad that was on this page, and I stared at it. I posted the picture in our chat. Uh, it is a picture of, I don't know, some... Some, some black person in some shirt or what have you with uh, a drawn over and like painted background or something. And the title on top of it is it says black is innovative. And then underneath is a little link that says meet black innovators. I'm ready to meet them. This is an ad on the front page of Amazon. So what happens when you click meet oh. black innovators? Is it selling you shit? more shit? <laughs> that there's no even like provable li like it's the same shit that's made probably by some kind of Asian slave wage labor, and they just put a picture of some businessy looking black person over it going, ah, I'm the importer instead of the white guy importer. He owns capital somewhere along this chain that th therefore he, he is an innovator. <laughs> or he might not. Remember, this is Amazon <laughs> putting some this guy. up, right? So... <laughs> You know, this is all to get Amazon money, not get black innovators money, because this is capitalism we're talking about. Did we do a reverse image search to see if we can see if this is a stock photo? There's no way I, Amazon would be that stupid. I have not done <laughs> well, a reverse image search yet. Y'all are welcome to. I'm, I'm doing it. Uh, but my, my <laughs> comment for this specifically was Amazon weaponizing wokeness, because this this image addresses similarly to what we just talked about with COVID. If everyone was masking and everyone was vaccinated and boosted and everyone was following the rules, then how could you be a bad? Only a bad gets COVID, right? Why, yeah. why is Amazon a place where you buy bullshit? Why are they telling me in a statement 
black is innovative. The those three words are so well constructed to convey the true horror of Amazon. Like I just I keep staring at it. I can't not look at it. Because <laughs> it's a total it, it's a it's a subversion of the actual equity and diversity we want in life. Amazon is weaponizing this and is stealing this energy from us. They have a whole Black History Month series that appears to be exactly this, where it's oh, founders of Bolden. It's various yeah business people who happen to be of certain skin color who they're gonna like bring out to go look at look at how virtuous we at Amazon are. Yeah. Uh, that's all I have to really say on that. The other one, similarly, is, uh, I called this next picture Uncancel Corner. Uh, I was watching some <laughs> Red Letter Media thing. What? They're so much fun. And an ad came up on my phone in the middle of it for this DailyWire.com thing. I don't know who Candace is, but it was advertising Cheeto and Candace. And you can see on this image... Book them as a speaker about us. Explore authors. Membership options. Oh, Candace Owens. But we canceled Cheeto. He's not Prezi anymore. He's under investigation. This image, this screenshot I took is like a month old, if that. So if, if canceling really does things, uh, why is Cheeto still able to effortlessly continue to grift as he has his entire existence? I had this written down as like a note, something semi-similar uh, for a while in my like show notes, things to talk about. And it, it was approaching the exact same thing, but from a, uh, have we been able, have, have any of our cancellations on these various companies work? And it's kind of like the same thing as you're going through. Like we had our big Frito-Lay thing. We had our big like boycott Oreos or whatever. And we all just kind of like go, yeah. And then we just move on and no one goes back to say, oh yeah, whatever happened with that? Like, we got Trump off Twitter. Yeah. All right, whatever happened with that? Well, that one's a little more obvious. We all kind of know what happened. <laughs> He's still just around doing things. He's probably going to run in 2024. And if he does, I it'd be weird if he didn't win. <laughs> like, I would be far more surprised if Biden beats Trump in 2024 than, than the opposite. Uh, I don't want to think yeah. about that. I'm moving to a new topic. Fuck degrowth. Oh yay! I'm glad I, I'm glad we haven't had to work around to this because a lot of the degrowth stuff on its face sounds like oh yeah it's exactly what we should be doing. Then you think about it for four seconds, you're like oh fuck right yeah okay uh, here are the uh, so this thread is incredible and when I say incredible content warning if if you are averse to a uh, stupid white privileged degrowth bullshit avoid this thread uh. So the opening of the thread is this guy saying, I hunted, killed, and ate a wild baboon, brains and all, with the indigenous Hadza, Hadza tribe in Africa. Here are the 13 things I learned about human health along the way. Uh, this guy, Anthony Gustin, he's a founder for Perfect Ketones and Equip Foods. Uh, he does sports rehab and functional medicine stuff. Um... So, like, just as a basic, as someone who does a lot of fitness and things, I'm not saying this guy is completely full of shit. If you go through his page from seven hours ago, he's critiquing, you know, big food doesn't have your interests in mind and shows a picture of, like, Nestle, Coca-Cola, PepsiCo, Unilever, Mars, you know, owning literally everything. So, like, I'm not saying 
this guy is a bad, but if you go through that thread, the entire thing is this weird, not apologist, but leaning into, well, this tribe lives the quote-unquote simple life, and look at all of these great things they have. Look at all of this, these absence of problems they have. And, and the takeaway, <laughs> there's this weird meta-commentary throughout the whole thing that, one, all of our modern problems are self-inflicted, which, sure, I'll buy that. Like, yeah, a, a lot of our modern problems are, in fact, self-inflicted due to how we organize or don't. But then the flip side of it is, like, the implied slant in this thread is those problems are self-inflicted because we advanced and not we just didn't revise and do it a better way. And that's where a lot of the degrowth stuff comes from, is they take this look of, well, if you work in an office cube and you're, you're sleep-deprived and you're depressed and everything, well, go look at this. Go look at these people that live outside that don't have to do that, and they only work four hours a day. And the conclusion is, job's bad. Let's all be hunters and gatherers again. I'm like, no, I could, I could do a highly technical computer job for four hours a day and probably get the same benefits as the people that do hunter-gatherer stuff for four hours a day. We have to return to monkey. No. Humanity was a mistake. I wouldn't be here if we didn't have medicine and science, goddammit. This shit is also just like almost a direct, it's like a, re, a, a redux of the kind of stuff the, the original Europeans who showed up in uh, North America were writing about. They're like, wow, this, the, the, you, the noble savage trope, that's what it's called, yes. where you go, oh, these people live a simpler and better life. And, <laughs> and it's like, okay, the things that we like about this are, or like the person writing this thread, are what, like the exercise portion, the whole, like, oh, they don't have the same modern problems as us. Like, yeah, man, but like, are you arguing that it would be better if we didn't have hospitals? Are you arguing that it would be better if we didn't have uh, electricity or all the various things that uh, prolong and improve human life. Like it is extremely, you were talking about how like the, us, the development is the problem that in some, there's some weird, Oh, if we just wouldn't have advanced past the bronze age, like humanity would somehow <laughs> be better. It's highly, highly anti-Marxian because as much as we rail against capitalism, capitalism is still a stage in the progression of human society that, is was i say was past tense was necessary to get us where we are like we did need the industrial revolution so we could end up with things like antibiotics and nuclear power etc it just is weird that yeah the solution is pointed to we should all have less and that would and oh you 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 don't get to guess who gets to pick who gets less by the way <laughs> uh, <laughs> That the solution is that we should all have less, whereas the Marxian solution, it ends up with uh, in, in extreme bounty and what we would, most workers today would envision as luxury for all. It's not that we all need to have crappy lives because having good lives create too much pollution. It's that right now the things that are the most profitable create the most uh, pollution. It's not just like humans themselves are this dirty, awful thing that are... Like, oh, the humans are the parasite. <laughs> humans are the disease. Like, remember hearing that kind of stuff. 
there are just so many angles that you can jump at uh, various degrowth things. It, it all kind of come, comes around to the undertones of Malthusianism, the idea that there are too many people and uh, we have limited resources and therefore, like, ergo, if more of these miserable poor people would just die, we, we could all... <laughs> We could all enjoy what was left. The Thanos uh, method, if you will. The worst, the worst thing about those fucking movies is, like, ask a kid, what happens in 50 or 100 years? So, like, what, what was his goal? What was the purpose? Was it effective? Yeah. Like, ask any kid to think critically about Thanos, and you're doing more to teach against... <laughs> bullshit visual platitude than our school system ever would. When Malthus was writing this whole overpopulation thing, there were less than half of the number of humans on Earth currently. Like, our population has gone up. It's also, though, the rate is slowing down because as we've... I'm not telling anybody anything new here. Uh, as you're like... As things improve, like you see countries like uh, highly developed countries like U.S., Japan, et cetera, your birth rates actually start to decline because the people who end up having a ton of kids, it ends up becoming – it's like an out-of-necessity thing because if you're an ultra-poor farmer and you're, have a, you're, you're, you, you live in one of these uh, degrowth areas where you don't have any electricity or medicine or access to food, et cetera, you know, these perfect uh, situations that I guess <laughs> yuppies think we all should have to live in. Uh, they're they have higher birth rates because half their kids are gonna fucking die before they get old enough to work on their subsistence farm. Yeah, it it is it is a defense mechanism of don't know how many of y'all are gonna make it. Good luck. Yeah, we don't have access to these terrible things of modern technology like penicillin or you An know iron the things lung, that keep us living and going. A C-section where the parent lives. The people who want to do this degrowth bullshit are ones who have, at, uh, at the at a moment's notice, if things actually get hard, if, oh no, I have an infection, suddenly all that degrowth shit goes away because they're going to the hospital that definitely has electricity. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, I would like to pivot into, it, it's related to me, uh, the overall, a quick recap and analysis of my plumbing adventure and insurance and oh, cool. what that should maybe, how that should maybe look different if the system in systems in place were there to help me and others like me and not about cat help and build capital. So, uh, long story short, ended up having a leak. My grout was turned out to be very old, and I didn't really know that that stuff not only has a lifespan on it, but uh, in any insurance situation, that's just called maintenance. So, I didn't know any of this, so originally I have a leak, I gotta get plumbers in, drywall in my downstairs neighbor's unit gets cut out and everything. Takes a month. Uh, without having a working shower in my place. I have to shower at friends' houses and everything. Insurance is a nightmare. Going back and forth. One of the key things I learned about insurance is if you submit a claim, they can't tell you officially until it's policy review time. The act of submitting a claim, regardless of how they rule on it, can change your rates. Did you know that? Yes. Well, like, yeah, well, I kind of like, knew it in the back of my head. You can submit a claim, and they go, nah, we're not covering it, and then they can up your rates. 
My because you submitted insurance. a claim. And people who submit claims generally need to pay higher rates. One claim on my renter's insurance and 10 years of paying for the renter's insurance, it was a $500 payout. My bike was stolen. And uh, yeah, they doubled. They went from, oh, you have a $1,000 deductible. And I'm like, oh, so you just want to make this insurance policy fucking pointless. <laughs> yes. So other things that happened. Uh, the plumbers come out, but no plumber does caulk and grout repair. I'm not saying a plumber needs to. I'm okay with specialization. But in no way, shape, or form did any person I interact with pass me a working reference. Uh, I had to spend hours of time making phone calls and trying to get someone to come out to do this repair. Because I'm not handy. One, I'm not handy. Two, if I do this repair and it doesn't work, another human, my downstairs neighbor, gets more water, more water damage in their unit. <laughs> I need protection. I need someone to come in and do this that will give me a warranty that says, if this fucks up, we stand by our work, we'll come back and unfuck it. So, given this layout, and that we both know how reality is in the world today, or at least in America, what are some things you think would systematically look different if our society was geared towards supporting each other? And that, you know, the house you're in is the, it is up to the people living in it to do maintenance. I, I think that's fair. I'll start us off. Uh, in no way, shape, or form, in anywhere in the house buying process that I'm aware of, is there any kind of property-specific checklist and list of dates for any and all maintenance? So if we know that when you put in grout, and you know the date you put in the grout, and we know it guaranteed lasts X amount of time unless you have something faulty or it goes wrong, Shouldn't that be part of some regular schedule? Shouldn't there be some system in place where not just me, but the other 146 units in this condo complex who probably had all of their grout work done at the same time when the rehab happened? Shouldn't this be built in? Things like that. What else should be different around homeownership or just not even homeownership, where you live? Pepper, you just did a bunch of bathroom stuff. What are some things that, like, you probably should have been taught or shown before getting a house? We're kind of expanding past the, like, basic, uh, basic rights to have somewhere to live. And I think it's two very different conversations, depending on if we're going through your situation where, yeah, you're in a communal living situation where there are literally hundreds of people all kind of on one, you know, area, one plot. It is a couple separate buildings, but it's, you know, it's one big complex. It's, it's like a big, an entity where, uh, like, if, if we have our commie future, it would likely be under, it, it would, instead of being under the control of private developers, which I'm pretty sure it is now, or no, it's like all of you kind of, but we discussed last time how how easily a, a moneyed interest could kind of swoop in and just you know t take over the yes. thing if they have enough either buying influence or whatever. Uh, you'd probably end up in a situation where, uh, well, if all housing becomes public property, your uh, your entire complex would then be you know be public property and would be under some kind of. I guess what we would call today, like like our, our Department of Housing or a, a more local situation where, mm, would you rather have a model where there are regular inspections, such as in like the Soviet big housing blocks where there's like, oh, this guy is the district blah blah inspector for this and they make sure that shit isn't falling down? Or would you have it be rather it be on like a complaint basis where you have to submit tickets or maybe like a hybrid of both? Like we're going to generally you, just you check. Because you need the regular maintenance and then you also <laughs> need the... 
the outliers. So in my in the grout example, if if you assume and you know grout lasts ten years before you got to strip it and redo it, and your grout or caulk leaks at year five, you got to report that. You don't want to wait for a maintenance thing and go, oh yeah, water's been leaking downstairs for a month. <laughs> <laughs> and what if you don't have a our entire our insurance system are a series of rules set up that only make sense or are in any way even kind of like fair or you're like what's the point of insurance uh, if you are a member of the bourgeois class insurance plans of where uh, I have enough money at the beginning therefore if anything goes wrong it is essentially free to take care of because I have so much money and interest in the thing. It's like we talk about, oh, if you steal something from a, a big-ass store, like, that damage doesn't even get, that doesn't really get felt by anyone. It just gets absorbed into the big insurance and securities and guarantees uh, shiz that is set up under it. So when we as private, uh, like our, as our little proletarians with our no money, go to, go to like, navigate the system, we bear, like, the brunt of all the, okay, we're going to scrape policy money out of you so we can keep this whole operation going. <laughs> let's, uh, let's go with another one. Uh, I had my floors uh, redone before moving in because it was recommended to do it, so I did it. And it wasn't until years later having a bunch of breathing problems that I had someone come in and check my ducts, and that dude found out that the asshole that did my floors didn't vacuum or bag anything and routed all of it into my ducts. And for as long as I've lived here, I've wondered why I've had uh, various dust issues. They did a deep clean on my vents years later, and lo and behold, wowee, life is a lot better. What, why, why did it take years to uncover that? Why is, why is duct, the air you breathe is one of the most important things we learn about day in, day out. Uh, several things, if you're in the uh, cubicle and corporate working world, is a bunch of studies came out that said, oh, if you're in those like uh, six by 10 interior meeting rooms, the CO2 levels spike really quick. And that's why no one pays attention 20 to 30 minutes in. <laughs> has that policy has that changed anything well no the pandemic did we work from home now but <laughs> yeah you're talking about some like level of basic uh maintenance that would go beyond uh, it'd be really cool if you could combine that like whole like housing inspector situation into like oh here i, I can see you don't know anything about uh, maintaining your house we would like to uh give you i don't know lessons it's <laughs> like here man here's how you like deal the thing here's how you do some paint <laughs> yeah <laughs> get your basic level of keeping your stuff together because yeah like culturally especially in the u.s we are so hyper specialized i don't know how to do anything but if i talk to people from like who aren't from the u.s it seems that the the i don't know average level of competency just seems to seems to vary by where you are like if you're in a situation where you know getting a handyman and uh, all the like litigation that goes along with what you're describing where you have to have it done by a specific person so you can get your insurance policy <laughs> go to countries where it's like do you have is this up to building code it's like i have no fucking idea <laughs> they just like well, slap the shit together i don't Everybody want that either <laughs> oh yeah i don't want i want building code <laughs> not like complete laissez-faire home building uh albert in the chat says basically think not just need a manual because there are a lot of manuals out there and that is a base level thing um even my car. So I've got a tiny little Chevy Sonic, and that manual clearly identifies the things you as the general car owner can and should fix or update or replace if you want to or need to. And then it calls out some of the things where it's like, in this design, unless you really know what you're doing, do not do this. Take it to a dealer or repair shop that has these tools. So like in that way, 
my car manual is up to date, is up to spec, and is accurate. But in high school, you had to take an elective to learn how to change your oil. We are one of the most car-dependent nations on Earth. Why is that the elective? Well, the base level, capitalism wants you to go take your car and spend money. But that's not viable for a lot of people. And so that's kind of where, when I, when I bring up my plumbing adventures and with insurance, is the Black Socialist Twitter account continually brings up, uh, we don't just want to organize differently, but look around at not just the systems in place, but the businesses, the companies, the things we do, and ask, do we still need to do this? And the flip side of it to me is, what, what should we be doing that we aren't or is obfuscated in such a way where we're doing it, but it's only in service of capital? And so, like, insurance, for example, in, in, in gay space socialism, uh, some form of insurance or review probably still has to happen. It wouldn't be, it wouldn't hire anywhere near as many people as it does today, at least not with the explicit intent of how can we figure out how to not pay for it. But if you're doing planned economy things, the insurance industry basically, to me, would pivot into documentation, support, basically project management of issues that show up. That's where I see the insurance industry going. Yeah, so, private insurance, in, especially in the way that it exists today, is is almost it's a scam. Everybody knows yes. like it's on top of a scam. And the idea of like, oh, if whoever can afford to pay the most money per month for a problem that could happen later in the future gets the best outcome for that problem. Like, it's just a very weird way of of uh, going about it when you really think about it. It's like, oh, you you gave us a bunch of money last year, so now that this thing happened to you, you get better treatment. As opposed to that guy who gave us no money last year, and their house got flood damaged, and fuck them, yeah. <laughs> which is our which is our current system. You know, uh, similarly, I, I complain about this all the time in the the medical industry, in that there there is no advocate for you, the individual, in in most interactions. Uh, I am a lay person, and it actually would be fascinating to you know try and get boozy on to talk about this. Uh, chat, tell us if you think this would be a thing. In my appear, in, in how I view how law stuff works, the lawyer representing you and how that social dynamic, how I view it, actually is in service to the client. They do a lot of ill-defined, like just from a process standpoint, it, a lot of ill-defined things where it's like, what things, if you have a checklist, what things do you have to do as a lawyer? And then you go down the checklists of what lawyers have done for their clients. It's, it's insane. It's crazy. Sometimes it's going out in a field with a client to just go walk around and like recreate a scene or steps to, to write an argument. No one did anything like that for me ever in anything household related. No one has done anything like that for me ever in anything medical related. I, the patient, have to manage communication between a sports medicine doctor, a physical therapist, a physical trainer, and a massage therapist. And if I am not on top of all of this messaging at any given instant, 
I am the only one that suffers. So I so I think when like I bring up, I say it's like Pepper. What what would you want different in the in the housing world that you've been in so far? Wouldn't it be nice if like a role in society is is a part time job of oh I'll, I'm your advocate in this process because I like it and or I get some benefit from it and or I like helping people through it. Yeah, these are definitely like positions that could and should exist in a, in an in an economy that is not entirely geared towards profit. Because if you're trying to maximize, the, I mean, stuff like healthcare outcomes, uh, if if you expanded, there is somebody who is kind of sort of supposed to be going around and checking for like lead in pipes. There are some things we do regulate for. It just makes the ones that we don't regulate for seem even more weird. Like in Arizona, if you just live in a house that doesn't have air conditioning, like no one comes around and goes like, uh. Would you like some air conditioning? <laughs> some air conditioning, etc. We allow our population to just live in absolute squalor unless they either have the time to perform the unpaid labor necessary to fix up their situation, and that's assuming they even have resources to be doing that in the first place, or they have to have the money to pay someone else to go do that labor for them. And how many issues could be solved? Like how many lead paint issues <laughs> could be solved? Like various healthcare outcomes that just come from, like you were describing with your air quality, from just living in a, a not great place. Yeah. It's not even just a matter of we want someone to live in a nice house. It's you solve problems in the future. You make other things later cheaper. You conserve resources down the line by doing all of this preventative care of which zero happens. And I say preventative care like it's a medical thing. Preventative care to your house. Preventative care to your car. Hell, if you can't afford to fix your fucking brakes and you're driving a death machine around, like probably a thing we could deal with because then later that could prevent a, a pile up on the highway etc like there yeah. are pragmatic reasons to be taking care of these and it's all gonna all the outcomes we're looking for uh can and will be accomplished when we have a, an economy that is not geared purely towards profit motive not even because someone sits down and goes we have to replace health insurance uh i'm sorry how homeowner insurance with a more holistic version of homeowner insurance it'll be Upon the effort of fixing all of these other various social problems, that's definitely going to get roped into it because of how many, like, I was about to say systemic without really meaning it, <laughs> uh, how many issues stem from having a not good place to live. If you're cold all the time, like, your health, your health outcomes are not going to be better. If you're damp all the time, <laughs> like, your if living you are situation moist all the time. is such a big... <laughs> Hey, I have, uh, let me throw out one of my two things that I have today, unless you want I only to have stay away from internet. Left, so yeah, do it. <laughs> this is like a headline for me. Yay. Uh, only thing I'm going to be talking about Ukraine today. Ooh, Ukraine. Uh, this is like a while ago, a couple of weeks, I think. I'm looking for a date on this, but yeah, well, couldn't have been. I say this is a long time ago, like last week. But uh, this is from Axios. Ukraine plans to ban 11 political parties with ties to Russia. That says Zelensky announced what? And I'm pasting the thing in the chat. Released in a video, a video released via Telegram. All right. Okay. Because that's why everyone's on. Because yeah. on Telegram on Sunday. So I assume like uh, two Sundays ago. Here are the parties that they have banned. Opposition Party for Life. Sh I'm going to pronounce some of these wrong. Shari Party. Not Nashi. 
Opposition Bloc, Left Opposition, Union of Left Forces, State, everyone just called State, Socialist Party of Ukraine, Progressive Socialist Party of Ukraine, Socialists Party and, oh, Socialists Party, so those are all three different ones. We have the Progressive Socialist Party, the Socialist Party, and Socialist Party, Socialist Party of Ukraine, and just Socialists, plural, party, uh, and uh, Volodymyr Saldo Bloc. Uh, here, so do, do you see a pattern in the kinds of parties that are uh, being banned? I mean, they're going to point say, oh, it's because Russia. But, man, it sure seems like Holy you banned fuck. all the left ones. <laughs> it seems like they, they only got all the, the left socialist ones, ones. And the Azov Battalion, even if, let, let's assume it is small, well, well, they're not still a party. gets to exist and ends up on PBS and CNN. Like, what the fuck? Well, I wanted to point out a party that was not banned uh svoboda which is is I, i'm not it's not that all the azov dudes are in svoboda but like it is the it is described as a ukrainian nationalist party an ultra nationalist party and then if you just go down to their fucking wikipedia page you can read about all of the anti-semitism <laughs> like they're fine but the socialists party the progressive socialists but like all those shits uh ah, yeah, russia sorry We've banned all of these political parties from participating in politics, which is a criticism people have for Russia, in fact. So, again, I ask, what the fuck are we talking about? Uh, as we kind of identified on the second of our episodes, you know, basically po the first post-invasion episode we had was, it can both be true that the invasion of Ukraine is a fucking nightmare, is horrific, and reaches far beyond what any of the propaganda leading up to it said it was going to do thus far. And it can also be true that everyone else is going to see this as an opportunity to push the policy that they want. And we're seeing it right there. And heaven fucking forbid any of us say any of this out loud on Twitter or anywhere else that it, means you love Vladimir Putin if you say these things. Like, the collective, the collective willful forgetting that we also hate America for doing imperialist things, and now we're suddenly incredibly pro-imperialism. And, like, what? All because Russia bad? Really? Like that? We've got this into a moral thing. It's we have two. We've boiled this entire conflict down to two guys. We have Zelensky, who's kind of hot, and then you have Putin, and you have to decide which of those two individual men you like, and then that is what is supposed <laughs> to determine your entire outlook on this very old and complicated conflict. Twenty fourteen and the bombing of people in uh, East Ukraine just either didn't happen or was entirely false flag operations by Russia. Any Ukrainians in the East who are killed by uh, Ukrainian military forces in the West, those just either aren't Ukrainians or it was actually Russia or those Ukrainians were the evil bad Ukrainians, not the ones we support with our blue and yellow uh, shit in our uh, screen names. Support Ukrainians, unless they are communist Ukrainians who are trying to break off and make their own little nations, uh, in which case, we don't even know they exist. Like, you would think if you watch this, that, the, <laughs> that all of Ukraine, all of the Ukrainians have gone to the West, and all of East Ukraine is Russians. So they can all be killed, and we're all supposed to feel very good about that. I don't want, I, I don't want anyone 
dead, which is just oh god. Honestly, uh, I stopped reading. I, for the most part, have willfully selected to stop reading about the topic because, similar to Iraq, we're not gonna get you know other than like that what you just posted. I'm checking in here and there, but what's there to do? We're hoping that, well, this could all entirely be Russian propaganda, and I'm uh, a, simply a stooge of uh, Putin's friends. But according to Russia, it's like, yeah, our initial thing was to come in, uh, destroy as much of the Ukrainian military capability as we could, and then uh, secure the Donbass region for the two separatist regions over there, Lugansk and uh, Donetsk, and then leave like that was apparently like that's what the plan is it's not to go and just invade all of europe and make all of europe into russia that's what russia says their plan is denazify using their words uh the west and the east and then secure the east and then leave yeah i i understand that but we have we have a shit ton of primary sources that are now starting to reveal that Large portions of this is, this is Russia's Iraq, or a Russia's Afghanistan, different one, in terms of, like, how the U.S. went, we're going to do all this stuff, we're going to do all this good stuff, and then, like, the actual troops and people there, and the plans in place, or, as we're learning, utter fucking lack of plans, is astounding. And that doesn't make the stated intent any less good or bad, but it's like, at some point... If you are a nation and you are going to engage in something like this, that of course is going to cost lives. Holy fuck. It's just, all it does is confirm to me that even if leadership in any power says something where you sit there and go, yeah, I agree with that. The execution is still completely top down and utterly authoritarian. So you still get no say or interaction to how to go about it. No Russian citizen has any agency in what's going on, regardless if the propaganda is true or not. Yeah, this is why I'm not trying to assign virtue to Russia or uh, its military actions. Like, I'm not trying to paint them as good. I mean, I'm, right I'm, now, I'm taking the stance be... that Russia is just another power, and every power, by default, should presumed to be bad in the same way that at a global scale the organization and power of china is certainly it does more for its citizenry but it does bad things every every fucking country and power structure this is why i always say sus suspect power until we actually get to the uh what's what's the phrase from uh bible study the the authority of the proletariat no a uh, dictatorship of the proletariat. The dictator, until we get to the dictatorship of the proletariat, I don't give a fuck if the flag is a hammer and sickle or anything else. It's still a power structure that I am deeply skeptical of. Well, it becomes a conversation of who is the power structure in, in service of. Because if it's you want not no just power in structure service whatsoever. of, it's just, it, it's not the level of communist that we demand, is really what it boils down to. There are certainly ones that are way better than the United States take on how we organize. I'm not saying that the United States and China are both equally bad. There is huge differences in them. But at a base level, when a country with a military puts out any kind of statement, the only way to read it is through the lens of propaganda, because that's how the world works. 
the context of that propaganda is what's important, which is why I brought up originally, you and I do not have the context required to accurately analyze Russian propaganda. We are, we are incapable. We do not have the time in our lives to dedicate to study, nor maybe even would we even want to, to be able to get up to speed with it the way when we see Biden talk about we're going we're gonna to get behind our people and push this budget through. We know that means give money to cops. We have a hard time recognizing propaganda. Like stuff comes out of Russia and I could just look at it and say this could be complete bullshit or it could be real. Whereas with the U.S. it's a little, I can go, wait a second, what the fuck are they talking about? And I kind of know how to go about checking it. Because I can yeah. go, oh, who do they work for? All right. Like, yeah. <laughs> we're in Russia. I'm like, I have no idea who the, how to even go about picking <laughs> apart who's this from, who's this source. I've never heard any of this shit. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good source. I don't know if that's a video clip that went viral in Russia five years ago and they just brought it back like we do with our shit all the time. Yep. Exactly. I, I'm not going to get, I'm not going to, I don't want to make this into the whole, I don't want to just restate the entirety of what we're studying in Bible study. <laughs> uh, there, if, if you are, if you are a Marxist Leninist communist, there will be at some point, like you cannot be entirely against the idea of power structures themselves. It is a combination of what those power structures serve, like what their goals are and who they represent Whereas right now, There's all a of third our power one. structures... And I mean this seriously. The third one is, is, is it a first-class citizen of that structure to change the structure? Because what's the key thing? If, if your material conditions change, then your strategy must change. And how many times did we have a system we even looked at and liked at one point and went, ah, but it didn't adapt, and now it's hurting more than it's helping? The argument you would hear from, uh, from Chinese Communist Party members and people who support the Chinese Communist Party is that, yes, there is, a big, uh, there is a large power structure, and they have a large military, which, as we've discussed, is, is necessary yeah. if you're going to not just get imperialismed, because all the countries <laughs> that did not have big militaries and shit, shit like that, or the ability to defend themselves and maintain their, their sovereignty as nations, are just gone. They don't exist anymore. <laughs> we can't speculate about them. Chinese Communist Party members would argue that the power structure in place, that they're the, the big hierarchy and all, you know, the government and all that, is is serving the proletariat, and they are working working for their, like, they might even call this, oh, this is our dictatorship of the proletariat. You see, before we had the, the, the Chinese bourgeois class led the thing, and now uh, look at all these gains we are making for the poor. Like, look at the, the Belt and Road Initiative. I kept calling it, like, the Belton Road oh. <laughs> Initiative, and then I saw it written out. I'm like, oh, it's Belt... <laughs> and road <laughs> initiative where they're trying to link up countries for, and this is debatable depending on whose opinion you ask, they'll be like, oh, they're doing this for the nefarious thing of trapping them in Chinese debt. Or you say, no, they're giving them the, like the, they need money to build infrastructure and develop and they're giving it to them. They'll say it's because we're nice and want to promote international collaboration and make friends with other countries because that's overall better because it would it would bring about that's how you can bring about an end to these kinds of conflicts is through some kind of international co-op uh cooperation and like harmony and peace and all those other gay things yeah that's how you work towards kindness that, like, help each other. kill capitalism with kindness <laughs> well and in the case of countries like afghanistan it's like uh support uh, we got you know, I, we know you got super fucked over by imperial capitalism and uh we're going to help you rebuild your infrastructure by just like here's some resources and then we're not going to demand that you hand over your entire economy to us right uh. 
Okay, uh, got a couple of headlines. Do we want to... I'm going to read what I wrote because it makes me giggle, and then we can talk about it a little bit. Uh, did you know the Oscars happened? I only know it happened because Will Smith, <laughs> happy slappy Chris Rock. I only found out about it the next... So we were sitting in a room at MCFC talking about whatever, and then someone just looks at their phone, and they're just like, Will Smith slapped Chris Rock. I'm just like, huh? And we just like kept <laughs> going. Like They seemed, like they, they were like, oh, no, we got to... And then we just, boom, different subject, and we just kind of didn't go back to it. And then the next day, I, I look, and I'm like, oh, they mean like actually, like in a not not like in a fun or like goof way. I mean, there you can argue with the conspiracy as to whether or not it was planned to try and get Oscar ratings up, which wouldn't shock me. I don't think it definitely was that but if you find out like in 20 years like oh yeah on my deathbed they paid me to smack chris rock like i wouldn't be flabbergasted to hear that yeah will smith fucking slapped the shit out of chris rock just on live tv so everyone has the, seen it by now the context is chris rock was making some jokes uh in particular punching down at jada pinkett smith over alopecia which is an autoimmune disorder that can either result in like patchy splotch loss of hair or outright Full loss. The joke was, I'm excited to see the next G.I. Jane movie. Stop. It wasn't, he didn't go, you know, the funny thing about alopecia is, fuck her. <laughs> like, no, but you can connect the dots and like, that's punching down. You got a down. bald head. He made fun of her bald head. If you extrapolate to he made fun of her, it's like, I don't know. Can we prove like what was in Chris Rock's heart when he made this joke? I just want to present what was that in the, his heart. The, the it's joke that was down. made. It does matter what was in his heart because you're accusing him of, of saying fuck people with alopecia. I'm <laughs> not saying I'm accusing. There, I'm not he wasn't saying, him of saying fuck people with alopecia. <laughs> I'm saying he used someone with an autoimmune disorder as a punchline. That is the literal definition of punching down. If I if it's a people, I mean, I, I, obviously these people know each other. They're all ultra famous and hang out with each other all the time. But I'm just like, ah, oh, you got a bald head, and then people go like, oh, how dare you? You didn't know all of the <laughs> all these different layers of background. I'm like, oh shit, sorry. Yeah, like, but, <laughs> but but if my joke is, is known, excited for the next, she's G. talked about it. Like we have the context, and we know. And what Chris Rock did was shitty and punching down. You know what you don't do at a stand-up set when someone says something shitty and punching down? No one ever fucking hit Andrew Dice Clay, and I wish they did. <laughs> What's Jada Pinkett Smith gonna do? She's gonna cry into her billions of dollars. Well, so that's a different thing. So there's two things at play. One is, I don't give a fuck about Chris Rock or Jada Pinkett Smith or Will Smith or anyone else. In particular, the Smiths themselves, at least Will Smith specifically, has a history of uh, being extremely violent through proselytizing for the Church of Scientology. Uh, so, fuck that guy. Chris Rock was punching up at a Grand Wizard of Scientology. No, because we don't know Jada's role, <laughs> that, and Scientology that, that makes historically as is much actually sense extremely sexist. So, for all we know, that she's makes... like a victim in a way we're not even aware of yet. Scientology has that history. If if you want to frame it as like if we want to decide if we want to assign a moral quality to the jokes, I'm going to assign that one also for everyone's consideration. I absolutely agree. Now the visibility part is if you're Joe Schmo or or Jane Schmo and you have alopecia that has hit you and that's a struggle to deal with, and then you see on national TV just further punching down at something you have no control over. That sucks. In the same way, watching shitty gay jokes my entire life suck. Does that mean someone should get on stage and hit the person with the microphone? It no, lets you, but... It gives you moral cover to feel good about it and be like, haha, this was fun. 
which is what everyone's thinking. Like, haha, that was fun. Somebody hit a guy and no yeah, one was seriously like, hurt. I'm we not all want to feel good about it. So we have to like assign, oh, here's why it was okay. <laughs> no. And like from to a certain extent, the it's a it's a bottle incident. All right, it happened. But now we're talking about, oh, violence. The the worst thing I've seen, and I had to stop the doom scrolling, is uh, white Twitter sure likes talking about two black people fighting and what they should and should not do. And holy shit, the racism is just out there. All right, I'm going to call it elder abuse. Chris Rock <laughs> is older than him. <laughs> He's punching down onto old ass Chris Rock. <laughs> onto tiny. He literally punched down onto smaller Chris Rock. <laughs> So the only thing that fucks up the narrative of like, yeah, he was he was, of him being overly mean to, uh, oh, yeah, over there. I'm not gonna, I don't want to say these words in these this order. Watching Will Smith laugh really really hard at the joke, and then three seconds later, get up and hit <laughs> right? it. Like, you can be like, oh, he like didn't hear the joke and was just like laughing out of shock. I'm like, well. Jada Pinkett heard the joke, processed it, and had a reaction, which was, mm, like, did not look happy. At the same time, Will Smith laughing loudly, animatedly. <laughs> like, I don't know, maybe it's him going like, ha, 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 I'm going to come kick your ass now, because I've definitely, like, right? had that, like, many reactions, like, oh, I'm very mad now. <laughs> like, it could be that. I'm fairly I certain These are impossible to prove. Uh, there, was, there was laughing before a wheelbarrow, right? Did he laugh? Then he realized, oh, my <laughs> wife did not does not appreciate this. And then you consider the the history of that relationship, which is God, it's just like nobody's business. But hey, they're all the megaist celebrities around. Yeah, they have had you know the crying Will Smith meme. Like people have <laughs> forgot why he was crying at the time, <laughs> right? It was her. Like this is not like a healthy marriage. I don't. I mean, I can't judge people. I don't know these people. Maybe it's a wonderful marriage, but it kind of seems like it was like prove your love for me by smacking Chris Rock on national. I TV. don't even want to project <laughs> that. I just don't care. Other than like, watch out for people talking racist. Like using this as an opportunity to say racist shit because I've already seen it. Yeah. You, you want to talk about should people stand up for those with disabilities and stuff? Yeah. Does that sometimes mean hitting someone? Uh, I hope not, but if I'm, you know, if I'm cowering and someone steps in and hits someone else to protect me, great. <laughs> I've been a victim and been bullied physically my entire life. So to a certain extent, I sit this at like as a both physically and mentally like a small, shrunken, fearful person. I see someone make a shitty joke at someone else's expense and then bap. And I sit there and go, yeah, okay. Like, he didn't kill him. He didn't break his jaw. I still am a pacifist, so I'd never do it or want it done to me. But, like, as far as severity goes, eh, I don't care. My general reaction as well, they are, uh, it's a, a bunch of very, very powerful people. This is, like, in the same way that in the olden days, like, oh, did you hear the Duke of blah, blah, blah? Struck the Duke of blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go, oh my god, the scandal. <laughs> what will oh, the papers say? <laughs> like, we all get to do that for a bit. And I think that's what it makes me almost like. And it's not that I'm like, ableism is great. But taking this, the like making this situation into like, e to either like Will Smith is a defender of rights and like, oh, the, the wokeness in this slap. It's like, we're, we're adding layers to You're this. You're projecting that it onto it. It was a. Did not have in the first place. Spat a this is rich people fighting that, each other. 
I've seen people dissecting and being trying to prove whether or not she even has alopecia. I'm like, man, this has gone in so many directions. And put so that far energy in them. into eating the rich, you fuckers. <laughs> okay. Uh, speaking of misplaced energy, uh, I want to comment on uh, misplaced. I'm gonna call it misplaced loyalties. Uh, I've I've seen similar sentiments to this in the past, but uh, Motor City Furry Convention was this past weekend. And I saw more than one person express something along the lines of, well, they're, they, they outgrew the old hotel, and I, don't, I won't go back. Or, I, I feel like I would feel bad cheating on them at going to another Detroit area convention. And I'm sitting there and going, you're, you're putting your, your faith, your, your emotional investment, and your value in the least personal aspect in what it takes hotel. to run a furry convention. The conglomerate hotel chain. <laughs> Do we like Sheridan or Marriott? <laughs> and like, what makes the convention? Yeah, the venue, but the people. That's the whole point, right? What is, what is actually different between most furry cons? Not much other than the people and how we choose to organize and do our little events. And like yeah, definitely the reason I the definitely the reason I like have the, the place in my heart MCFC does is for the people that are at it. And heck, that that hotel, the one they're in, coincidentally, I do actually like. I like the the layout of it. It's it's been understaffed in a way that they don't take it to then have it be even more crackdownish because it's like one or two people who are just trying to alter enforcer rules. It becomes like a casual kind of understaff where you're like, I basically can't get in trouble for any of the mild things I do. So uh, we're all just going to smoke a bunch of weed on the public balcony outside, outside, <laughs> and, like, and, and nobody cares. We're in a state where it's we legal. We learned that no in October. Did the staff? Yeah, that's what Not I'm only saying. did we learn From... that in October, the hotel staff went out there to do it too. Don't care at all. Everyone's taking it the correct amount of seriously. We're not breaking anything, and as long as we aren't like causing damage or ruining, <laughs> anything, hurting people or or the hotel's property, they seem to be willing to let us do whatever we want. I guarantee you, the hotel made the following value judgment: We are understaffed. Should they be smoking on the balcony? No. Are they smoking mm. anywhere inside? No. Leave them the fuck alone. <laughs> We know that if we scramble them off that thing, they're all going to run around and be like, ah, fuck this place. What can I, what mischief, what mischief can I get into? <laughs> you're not trying to, you're not trying to smoke in the guest rooms, really. And I mean, that's like the employee smoking area anyway. So who gives a shit? Who gives a fuck? Uh, Denver's program to dispatch mental health teams instead of police is so successful, it's expanding fivefold. Uh, and this has been since June 2020. It's called the Support Team Assisted Response, STAR, because everything has to have a fucking acronym. Guilty as charged, by the way. Uh, but yeah, they have deployed medical and behavioral health clinici clinicians to respond to over 2,200 low-risk calls reporting trespassing, intoxication, or mental health crises involving poverty, homelessness, or addiction. Uh, there's more in there, and it's great. They want to expand to other cities. It's just a topic that we have talked about before, and I saw a news article, and I wanted to share. Any thoughts, Pepper? It's a 
it's a band-aid like the police because it doesn't actually treat the causes of the things it just does the result but it's a much better band-aid that will result in far fewer well like, let's uh, let's we not be completely you. pessimistic is it functioning as a band-aid yes does that service what like those couple of bullet points does that still need to exist in gay space communism yes it's kind of like my opinion on safe injection sites. Like, absolutely, we should have them. They are yes. a good idea. They do not fix the underlying causes of addiction. Or, and I don't even want to act like everybody is an addict. Some people just use heroin because they like it. And this is like, all right, <laughs> fucking live your life, dude. <laughs> like, um, heroin's a bad example because it's, it, it's very, very addictive. It don't is do chemically addictive. Don't do heroin, please. <laughs> There's like, you could have all the, the willpower isn't real anyway. Just uh, smoke weed, right. everybody. It's fine. <laughs> what was that just smoke weed everyone you have a pretty good time and it almost definitely won't ruin your life and it is impossible to kill you unless you somehow suffocate yourself yeah uh just don't go crazy on edibles it will fuck with you uh Condé <laughs> nast a uh, huge mega conglomerate fucking terrible owns tons of shit uh a union is sprouting up around it uh, and then here's also a Twitter thing to go with it. Apparently, there's 500 plus people if this happens. Hooray! I don't have any more details. Again, I just kind of, I occasionally go browsing for what's going on with unions. And I saw Condé Nast and went, fuck yeah. What kind? Is that an American company? No. Uh, who is what that? I'm like, um, is, what, Italian? Founded in 1909. Oh, but they run like Vogue GQ, the oh, New he Yorker, was Vanity American. Fair. Yeah, they are American. Wire. Oh, they're Wired's parent company. What? Crazy. Condé Nast bought a shit ton. They started... Because there's Condé Nast Entertainment, and Condé Nast Entertainment owns GQ, Glamour, Vogue, Wired, Vanity Fair, Allure. Don't they own TV and media stuff? Eh, rabbit hole. But yeah, Condé Nast, bad. Well, they're a corporation. They're, they're bad in the same way every corporation is bad. It is good to see more union efforts. It, it's. I wish it was more blue collar, like all these white collar union efforts. It's I know. Like, good, yes, absolutely do that. But well, you wish you it would both. be like the grunts. <laughs> it's like ah, oh, all the the high. We're doing like uh like big tech walkouts, like trans Amazon employees. I'm like, well, not trans Amazon. Trans Amazon high level tech employees are doing a walkout, which is good. Do that. Ah, <laughs> it would be great if it was like. All Amazon, like every level of your company's uh, a thing. I would just like to see that that level of organization to see more. I don't know, white collar employees get the. I mean, Condé Nast doesn't have like a sweatshop division unless you want. I guess go to the people physically printing the paper. It'd be great to see some like uh, cross employment zone collaboration. Like get the yes, high level tech people use your resources to get. All of the grunts also striking because that's also more effective because that's going to slow their shit down more than like, ah, oh, we had to replace the creative lead with a different creative lead. Yeah. Uh, next headlines. Uh, fuck Joe Biden. If you say let's <laughs> go, now? Brandon, the only excuse for saying let's go, Brandon, is because you would actually suffer a lot of consequences for saying fuck. That's really like, <laughs> the only reason. Otherwise, yeah, fuck Joe Biden. Uh, taking COVID money. Uh, putting more into police. Same old, same old. We rant about it a lot. Uh, the first link from theappeal.org uh, goes into a little bit more detail about it. And you should see red. And maybe we should burn down some police stations with nobody in it. 
it's one of the biggest reasons why I say if Trump runs in 2024, I would be more surprised if Trump lost. Because none of the no, nobody on the right gives a shit that Biden's funding the police, and this pisses off the the little coalition that got him in office in the first place. Yep. Like uh, every Democrat president, every time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this one's really bad and terrible and awful, and it reinforces uh, my pacifism, and it reinforces the massive propaganda machine that especially is... Like, it's been a thing in movie and TV, movies and TV media all along, but especially with the advent of 24. Uh... Advanced interrogation techniques is torture, and torture does not get you the information you want. Uh, content warning for this article. It goes into just how terrible it is and how this guy was basically like the torture trainee in that like new recruits would uh, get to practice torture on this guy. Uh, and he's, you know, on record saying things like, yeah, all of these things I said, once it became clear to me that it was never going to end, I would say anything and everything to try and get them to stop. And this is our CIA. This is the United States of America. This is the FBI. This is our police. This is in our DNA that we torture people. But USA good and Putin bad, huh? Talking about uh, video clips, I've seen a few of them taping again the 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 good <laughs> the, the quote-unquote good ukrainians uh literally taping some of the bad ukrainians uh to like a light pole naked and then just leaving them and being yep. like haha we are the azov battalion or that's completely fake that's a staged tiktok that was jake paul made that video i don't know <laughs> i mean we know we did that to people and worse in iraq and in we all saw, these other we countries Abu like Ghraib. united states <laughs> There was there was a thing uh, that uh, Russia was bombing a school or a hospital or something, and my gut reaction is first like, well, that's horrible, and then because I live in America, sitting there going, can't wait for people to forget that we've done that countless times, huh? Abu Ghraib comes out. We all see the like pyramid of dudes with bags on their heads and the lady with the leash and all that shit, and we're like, oh yeah, we've de that's done. There's no way America's still doing that. We just completely stopped that, right? We knocked that right off. Nope. Uh, it, I don't really have much more to say on it. Headlines. Uh, the last headline, which is still enraging, but less. Uh, Patreon are assholes. Uh, so if you're listening to <laughs> us or giving us money through Patreon, we do thank you, but uh, fuck them. So Pepper and I have had login woes trying to get into this goddamn account. Now, usually that's been Google's problem because Google's... Uh, they think we were hijacking our account somehow. So we're we get in that very on. different states. <laughs> we both <laughs> log in. It's like, what the fuck's happening? We changed that password so many times. And like, we're using, we're doing the proper security stuff. So don't worry about that. But uh, I learned recently that Patreon pushed an update and you no longer can log in via Google if you have privacy badger to stop tracking from happening. Uh, Patreon <laughs> will not only not let you log in, they will silently fail and just leave you at the login screen. So to, and the reason I bring this up as a headline is I can see where this goes. 
what's stopping Google, one of the most used services on the planet, from saying, ah, if you're if you've got a if you've got privacy blocking, uh, we're gonna log you out. I am slightly enthused by the hacker community that will probably end up with workarounds for this kind of thing. I mean, I'm looking through. I'm, I've already got you got me through all the paywalls at all the <laughs> New York Times, Washington Posts, et cetera. And that yep. was very simple, like like a four second download. I mean, I hope that uh, the collaborative force known as humans that use computers will be able to outpace <laughs> this kind of bullshit. But that also leaves behind everybody who isn't willing to then install a whole bunch of basically safety equipment onto their computer so they can go out into the into the world and actually use their computer. It will continue to create this like deep in this like tech divide between people who can do all the workarounds and those who can't. And again, I am reminded of China. <laughs> In China, the the internet is entirely censored and they control what you see and don't see. And in America, the internet is partially censored and advertisers control what you do and don't see. Like from uh, I will say, I do have to counter. To I truly have to counter. Uh that is as of right now, it I I'm because I I will continue to say this. Because of Billionaire corporation infighting between purely software companies and all of the old school moneyed telecoms and being divided and at odds with each other has created one of the most open, even though like we're advertised at, I, there's no restriction. If I have Ethernet going to my computer and I have Internet, I don't have to go to Google. I can do whatever the fuck you I can... want. I'm just coerced into it because that's what the systems are built around. But we have a free and open Internet that China does not have, to be clear. <laughs> so, like, from a, for in, the, in the most classic sense of who has more free speech, we do, factually. That doesn't mean we're better. That doesn't mean there any advance or all the things that China does for its population are erased by the Great Firewall of China. But this is my life. This is my domain. This is my expertise. The Great Firewall of China is bad, and I'm sorry to use the term, but anything that's like doing that kind of information restriction, no matter how well intentioned, is evil. Uh, it's the kind of it's the kind of paranoid behavior that that becomes logical if you look at how the USSR kind of like fell apart, like through the combination of economic pressures from the outside, and uh, like we all talk about the culture <laughs> cultural infiltration, <laughs> like turning all the USSR like the, the next generation of kids into consumers who saw all the American stuff and like that's really neat. I wish I could have that. And then you have like the well, Stalin himself wasn't still there, but like the, the Stalinist policy of like if you're not in the if you're not in the party, you don't worry about politics. Do not even fucking talk about politics. <laughs> like that kind of like yeah. crackdown shit eventually hugely backfired because all the youth is like fuck that I want the Cheetos that must clearly be better <laughs> they're trying to keep it for me and China is, they tend to be again from what I've heard because you never know like I can't go there and I don't speak Chinese uh, the the party's move seems to be encouraging uh, people to participate in politics, to have debates, to yes. talk to each other. Which again does not mean they don't have a censored internet because it's not free. It's not what Americans would consider free and open debate because you can't just get online. Certain things you say will just get pulled right off the internet. Like yeah, is ah sorry your account suspended. You talked about Tiananmen Square. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that shit does happen. And, uh, yeah. That, but, and that does like, happen, and it's very it bad and very scary, <laughs> but that, and I'm, I mean this, it doesn't erase that 
at large from a countrywide policy perspective of is the country and state of China doing specific measures to uplift its population? Yes. This is really off topic. What do you think of their, well, not off topic, still about China, still about tech. What do you think about the Go, the Go Touch Grass Act, which uh, limits the amount of people, uh, the amount of time that people under 18 can uh, spend playing video games? Um, It's like, sorry, your count's off. You've played for your two hours. <laughs> complicated because, all right, so let's use me as an example, right? Uh... Until my asthma did get better under control, uh, computers and video games was all I could do. I would be stuck inside for hours on end. Uh, this was before things got portable. I had to wear a face mask and do asthma treatments. I couldn't get uh, wound up or I'd have attacks. Just being outside and not in, like, really good... It's not that it had to be air-conditioned. It's that the filtration systems cleaned out a lot of the irritants. So, like... I'm serious when I say I don't hate my smaller childhood because I had computers and games to do that. If you didn't have Fortnite, you didn't have like online multiplayer social media. Yeah, I did. I was playing. No, I I was early. I was was chatting with people 20 plus years older than me in Doom, in Quake, in StarCraft, in Diablo. I was in guilds. I was on IRC. I was doing everything that kids do today, just. Lower tech back then, but I did all of that. My parents didn't know who the fuck I was talking to. That's a different topic that maybe they should have. <laughs> oh, and I don't even think that the uh, the underlying thing that that makes us kind of that would make me uh, inclined to agree with yeah, maybe there should be some kind of uh, limit on the amount of time kids can spend online. It's not just the talking to strange like who are they talking to stranger danger aspect. It's that when you're in like to use Fortnite as an example, you're in like a hev- heavily marketed like get this thing like it's not an unfiltered social experience in the same way that, like hanging out on a playground with other kids is. Yeah, it's this like intensely mediated consume uh, consumption focused you got to get this new skin so you're cool with all the other cool kids who have their skin <laughs> yeah it's, i think it's that not is the even aspect like because when i was playing harmful. that shit wasn't there it was well you're in these yeah. communities to play these games and in the case of you know the the non-cooperative games i was playing the purpose to be there was well yeah have fun but most people did want to win so like oh yeah totally the the experience online is is absolutely different in that regard. Yes, I was not being aggressively capitalized to. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know, that's a a, a tech rule where I'm like, eh. I mean, ideally you have a family situation where your parents are like, dude, you're like on, you're you're freaking out over your the games are making you an angry douchebag yeah. child. We need to, we need to remove the. <laughs> It's one of those where I understand why there is a desire (laughs) to have, like, a huge system and technical thing, but, like, that's the kind of digital overreach I do disagree with, and that uh, you can't stop someone from going and seeking out and doing heroin, but you can have support and systems that educate and either, you know, keep you from doing it, or if you're doing it to stop, or if it's, you know, drinking, drink less or stop, like, yeah, as you said. The family in your society, that's, that's the role of it, to help you, to guide you. A digital solution thing of saying, ah, we shut off your Fortnite. All right, well, what about the person who stays in their room and does nothing but read books all day? Yeah, they're reading, but 
they're also not getting socialized. Is there is there a you must go touch grass instead of the page? That's why I emphasize the current modern online video game format. Because I, unless I'm wrong, I don't think there's anything against like going off to a console and playing Legend of Zelda for 40 hours after you've reached your maximum like <laughs> online multiplayer time. Like I don't think there's anything stopping you from pulling out a Game Boy and playing Pokemon for right. several several hours at a time. I don't no, think it's I, the, I hope like, they don't have that social. level of Wi-Fi access yeah. into handhelds. <laughs> All right, we our Wi-Fi is detected. Your Super Nintendo is on, and uh, <laughs> uh, what was the other? Ladies, gentlemen, both and neither. Uh, this has been last minute politics. I have been Dragor. I've been Pepper. Bye. Goodbye. Wait, no, fuck. Uh, if you're listening to this, like and subscribe on YouTube. We upload everything to YouTube. Uh, the algorithm hates us. It probably would have been better to restart that channel because we're just getting downranked massively because of the <laughs> upload batch I did. Good. Uh, like and yes, yes, wolf subscribe. Wolf sub. Let's call that. Let's call it that. Yeah, be a wolf sub. <laughs> be a wolf. <laughs> All right, goodbye, everybody. Bye. 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 <laughs>